talking about? Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Right, okay, I'm online, I think. Yes, hi Steve. Um, hi everyone, my name's Adam mm -hmm. Goods and welcome to The Goods Oil. Uh, today on our show, our show, I'm joined by Steve Hodgkinson, the CIO of the Victorian Department of Health and Human Services. Steve, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Yes. Um, Steve, now you've been the CIO there for well, since 2014 and you lead a team of 220 plus staff uh, that delivers projects totally, totaling 60 to $80 million per Adam, did you ever imagine you'd end up here? And where did your IT career all start for you? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Look, um, did I ever imagine it? No, not really. Um, although it's always been kind of in the back of my mind that um, a CIO role was where I was heading. I started out doing an information systems degree at Otago University in New Zealand and then worked in the Reserve Bank as a systems analyst. And then I did a doctorate at the University of Oxford where the research was actually all about um, CIO functions in large multi-business corporations. That was back in the early um, to late 80s. And it's taken me until, what, four and a half years ago to actually get a CIO role. So you can argue that I've um, had an interest in this for a long time and just not been very good at prosecuting it. Yeah. And was it always your aim to become a CIO? <laughs> Is that something career-wise you imagine yourself and you end up doing? One way or another, driving um, digital transformation in organizations has been what I've been doing most of my career as a consultant or in a variety of executive roles. So, um, you know, answers yes, really, um, in terms of the way CIO roles have evolved these days. Yeah, excellent. And um, so a little bit about uh, where you're working now. So not long ago, the department ditched Lotus Notes for email and calendar ending two decades of relying on this platform. Was this a long-term, long-time approach in the making and how is the uptake going? Yeah, look, it's been a long journey. So um, on the one hand, on the basic infrastructure, SOE, standard operating system um, side, when I first started the role in 2014, we were still running Windows XP. Wow. Um, and as you say, Lotus Notes, took quite a few years to get through the upgrade to Windows 8 across a large portfolio of users. And then two years ago, we de developed a collaboration strategy, which is all about improving the way our workers um, work in, in terms of collaborating and, sh and sharing information across yep. the organization. Yep. And the core part of that was um, the business case to fund the migration from Lotus Notes to Office 365. Yep. Um, so that's been a project that's um, in its implementation phase, taken the last 12 months to implement across 11,500 users, mm. um, 63 locations all around the state. Yeah. Massive program of work. Yep. And the uptake on it's going well? Everyone's on board now? or? Yeah, pretty good. We've, we've taken a strategy of um, rolling the whole of Office 365 to all of the um, all of the users under eight um, ways of working scenarios. So um, sharing and finding information, getting up to speed, collaboration, streamlined meetings, team collaboration, flexible working, corporate communications and idea, idea generation. So those are the 
the scenarios that we've been driving through the workforce using the full Office 365 suite. So we have 11,500 people on it, um, run 300 training sessions and 120 executive meetings, wow. um, been extensive deployment. We now have seen already actually um, over 12% reduction in daily emails sent mm. um, during the program. We have 4,000 active users of Teams, mm. um, 4,200, more than that actually, Skype users. Um, and we're seeing strong month-to-month -month growth in adoption and usage. Um, around about a quarter of all interactions now come from Outlook Mobile, which has been a big change in terms mm. of the mobility of our workforce enabled by the new platform. So, yeah. so far, so good. Yeah. Um, but we're really just now at the start line of a significant transformation of the way um, the way our people work. Mm. And in a sense, all of this work has just got us to the point where they now have the tools yep. to be able to work differently. Right. And and this transformation, um, Steve, you, it's, uh, you have a strategy there called Platform and Agile, and that, that underpins your, your transformation at the department. Can you tell us what that looks like and, and the success you've had so far? Yeah, sure. Platform plus Agile is, um, is the notion. So that's an idea that um, before I started this role, I worked for Ovum as their head of public sector globally. So I spent a lot of time, eight years, consulting and advising to government agencies all around the world. Um, and that was during the period when cloud computing, um, agile methods and, and mobile platforms really took off. Mm. So it was obvious to me at the time, you know, from an outsider's perspective, that this was a fundamental new way of going about doing IT, particularly in the public sector, given um, the fairly slow rate of adoption in government agencies of these technologies and new, more modern ways of working and developing systems. Mm. So Platform Plus Agile is all about the idea that um, you cannot be agile, and everyone wants to be agile <laughs> in terms of delivering solutions mm. more quickly. Mm. Um, you cannot be agile unless you first start with a platform. Yep. Um, and that's the opposite of the way most government IT works. Mm. Mostly government IT treats each application, each new business system as a one-off standalone kind of activity yeah. where you go to market, you do a procurement, yeah. um, and you allow the procurement process to determine the technology and the vendor and the hosting environment, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the reasons why government agencies end up with very fragmented and unsustainable yeah. Um, uh, suites of applications and, and have a lot of project failures mm, because yeah. the um, each project is a kind of one-off a one-off mad science experiment mm, yeah and so yep keep going sorry so, so the, the method the platform plus agile method basically says look the first thing you need to do is make a strategic commitment to a way of doing things yep to a public cloud services platform, to the contracts and the vendor relationships which sit around that, mm -hmm. to the skills of an in-house team to know how to do things in that platform, yep. to all of the security templates, et cetera, et cetera, and, a, and um, a, a, a cohort of vendor partners that help you implement in that environment. So mm. if you think of all of that bundle of things as a platform, mm. then when a new application comes along, the decision process is which of my available platforms is the best one for this uh, yep. use case. Yep. And then you just do a project mm. Um, mm. and reusing 
um, ways of working, skills, etc. Plus, increasingly in these um, public cloud services platforms like Microsoft Azure, mm. then we're also um, building microservices in the platform, which we reuse from one project to another. Mm. So each project becomes less and less and less um, uh, custom build, if you mm. like, or new new investment, mm -hmm. and more and more and more about reusing things yep. that already exist, either in the platform yep. or in our own solution environment. Yeah, right. So the reuse of the platform, Steve, is that something that you envisage other departments um, can, can use, or is it more tailored towards your department? No, it's it's at the moment it's it's um, tailored towards our department. Yeah. But the thing in this space is that um, if you're using public cloud services platform, Salesforce or ServiceNow or um, the Microsoft cloud platforms, then anything you build in that um, that is new um, or a, a significant configuration of it is also available um, to other um, agencies because they have the same ubiquitous ability to access the platform as we do. So there's a lot of reuse potential and efficiency in this whole approach. And it's delivered um, quite spectacular results for us in DHHS. Um, there are more than 35 new business systems that have been implemented this way over the last three or four years. Um, and some of them are very large mission critical um, applications with um, sensitive data in multi-agency information sharing scenarios. So it's been a very, very um, good story in terms of empirical proofs, if you like, mm. of the benefits of this way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and there's quite a few stories on my LinkedIn profile, if anyone um, wants to just look me up on LinkedIn. In the articles, mm. um, there are quite detailed descriptions of some of our projects. And actually, the application development manager, Ray Baird, um, won a public service medal in the Queen's Birthday Honours recently. Mm. Um, for the work that he's done leading these um, these programs of application development work. Yeah, yeah, great. And 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 so like security obviously is a big you know cyber security is obviously a big touch point in the in the gov sector at the moment. There's uh, lots of talk in the media and you know governments responding in various different ways. Um, just quickly, is that part of your strategy built into there somewhere? Yeah, of course. So. And it's it's our um, it's our view, and you know, based on pretty firm evidence over a large number of projects, that these public cloud services platforms now are the most secure platforms that we have available to us. Um, the problem in government generally, but particularly in state government, is that we have fairly severe financial constraints on our capacity to invest um, and then it's a very difficult um, uh, task to maintain the funding for investment over long periods of time um, and in a, in a traditional way this has always led to um, unsecure um, and um, dysfunctional systems because even if they start out being good they over time degenerate because um, there is insufficient funding applied to their sustainment and upgrades and enhancements. Mm, yeah, and so the problem with all of that is it creates security risk. Yep. So one of the huge benefits of these public cloud um, services platforms is that they are, they are secure, um, and we test that rigorously against all of our um, security requirements, which come from the Commonwealth government in terms of the. Um, 
uh, information security manual and all of the standards and guidelines. We make sure they are secure and they're all penetration tested and evaluated. And then they, by and large, more so than um, for on-premise technologies, they stay secure um, because the vendors are making massive investments in R&D to make sure that to the fullest degree possible, um, those platforms are as secure as can, as they can be made. And, and we simply then just have to be a consumer of these very secure platforms in the way that they were designed to be used. Yeah. And if we do that, then um, our, our starting security posture is much higher and our confidence in the security posture going forward is much, much higher than if we had um, to sustain uh, that infrastructure and those upgrades on our own. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. And, and in terms of funding, Steve, in the government sector, that can always be a, a, um, a hard part of, of a role as a, as a CIO and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and priorities of that funding. Do you, do you see you know, down the track more, more funding coming from the federal government and helping around that security space or is it, is it, are you taking it locally and, and funding a lot of that yourself? Uh, most most state government applications are funded from within state government budgets. Yep. So, okay. um, to some degree, we use um, shared service um, in, uh, shared services provided by the Commonwealth. Yep. And an example of that is that we use um, MyGov mm-hmm. for some aspects of um, authentication of some of our systems. We also use the GovCMS, which is provided by the Commonwealth. Yep. So we do inherit some shared services, but by and large, um, funding of state government systems is mm. um, entirely funded from state budgets. Yep, great. And with um, mobility, Steve, um, you know, staff being able to work from home and, and log in or you know, work anywhere, that type of arrangement, um, is your department uh, very savvy in that, in that space? Yeah, so um, we, we have, there, there are policies which drive um, mobility in the workforce, work from home, flexible working arrangements. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has been a big drive of um, the Office 365 project. So more flexible working enabled by um, the use of uh, the fact that the environment is um, seamlessly available on mobile devices, the same as um, a desktop device, so smartphones and tablets, etc. And also intrinsically the um, use of technologies like Skype and Teams, which um, provide pretty seamless uh, video conferencing, audio conferencing, team meetings, and the ability to share um, share uh, you know slides, PowerPoint presentations, share content, yeah. and also um, collaboratively edit documents and that kind of thing. So the the new technologies genuinely do change the way people can work yeah. from any location and still have. Um, a fairly rich collaboration, connected working experience. Great. And, and after this platform plus agile strategy, what, do, you, do you see a future past that? How long is, will this particular strategy take? Well, this is um, a, a way of driving digital transformation. Right. So we have uh, a very large backlog of digital transformation initiatives that yeah. are required to be done. And some of those are um, upgrades and modernizations of existing systems. Some mm-hmm. are... Um, net new applications that arise from um, government policy programs and service delivery reforms. Um, so it's a long, long um, uh, um, pipeline of activity um, for us. 
Um, so the, the key thing with Platform Plus Agile is that um, it doesn't mean that we still don't do um, what you might regard as procurement plus waterfall projects, um, because some projects do still require that um, yep. waterfall discipline and the large-scale procurement. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, an, an upgrade of our Oracle financial system mm-hmm. is one that we are um, about to go out to market for, and that's mm. not going to be an Agile project, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm, exactly. Um, yep. But the Platform Plus Agile um, method is essentially a way of just increasing the productivity, the cadence of our application development activity. Yep. Um, and cadence is the most important thing for us. Yep. Um, because of the complexity, complexity of the policy and service delivery of operational environments that we have, um, the most important thing to manage complexity is to be able to deliver um, a new new solution quickly and um, early mm. in order to be getting uh, user feedback, direct user feedback from people that um, are using the application because it's only then that you know whether all of your assumptions about um, about business requirements and functionality are correct. Yeah. Um, so Platform Plus Agile is essentially a, a strategy about um, increasing cadence and productivity of application development yeah. um, so that we can churn through a big pipeline of work yeah. um, as efficiently as we can and turn it, turn it um, from being... Tra- traditionally, what government tended to have was a smallish portfolio of individually large, high-risk projects. Mm-hmm. And we've turned that on its head, and we now have a very large portfolio of um, over 100 individually quite small projects, maybe one or two million dollars is, is a, is a biggish chunk of work. Yes. Um, and we can churn through that portfolio and deliver results to a high cadence and it reduces the cost and risk and flexibility of the overall program. Yeah, right. Great. Now, not many people know, Steve, that you were a search and rescue mountaineer back in the day. Do you think there's any similarities to this and, and rescuing big IT projects? <laughs> yeah, I used to be a search and rescue mountaineer from Mount Cook National Park in New Zealand when I was yeah. a, wow. a student at university. Um, yeah. Now, so that's, you know, you can say there's, that sort of role is just all about lots of really hard work building capabilities which yeah. are not necessarily that often called upon yeah. um, and so there's a lot of work grinding away building capabilities and training and that's followed by occasional moments of, of stark terror yeah <laughs> um, in, a, in a real situation and then the satisfaction of um of a successful rescue and you know at least some of the time yeah so so maybe there are some aspects of that which are the same, you know, a long time building capabilities, occasional moments of stark terror mm. um, and the satisfaction of uh, the occasional rescue. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Now, um, we have a segment called the uh, Goodsies Fast Four, Steve, and basically it's a, a segment where we ask four, four questions in, in, in 30 seconds. So you, you're ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Get in the hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, your time starts now. Um, what's your go-to order at your favourite restaurant? Lamb Seguala. Lamb Seguala. Great. And what do you wish you had known when you started out in this role? Uh, how much fun it was going to be. <laughs> and what's something you've failed at? Becoming a dot-com billionaire. <laughs> and what are you curious about right now? 
uh, look, just how we can accelerate the propagation of digital solutions across our fragmented health system. Great. Thank you very much. Well, that's all for today's episode of The Good Zoll. Thanks for listening and thank you to Steve for joining me today. Um, join us again next week when you bring when we bring another CIO to the Good Oil podcast and find out how they are making a difference to this world we live we live in. See you then.